Welcome to Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce. The U.S. Supreme Court cleared the way for same-sex marriages in 2015, but the ruling does not extend to Native nations, and there remain some holdouts against recognizing marriage equality. One tribal council reversed course after a public uproar over a recent attempt to ban same-sex unions. June is Pride Month, and we're taking some time to look at marriage equality in Native America. Coming up, we'll hear from advocates and allies about acceptance and resistance in their homelands. We're back after the news. This is National Native News. I'm Antonia Gonzalez. The chief of the Mohegan tribe, Lynn Malerba, has been tapped as treasurer of the United States. The announcement of President Biden's intent to appoint Malerba was made Tuesday ahead of a visit by the Treasury Department to the Rosebud Sioux tribe in South Dakota. Malerba became chief of the Mohegan tribe in Connecticut in 2010. She's the first woman to serve as top leader in the tribe's modern history. Malerba will also make history at the Department of Treasury as a tribal leader and a native woman to sign currency. In a statement, Malerba said she's honored and that it's important to have Native voices respected, adding her appointment to the administration underscores just that. She will oversee a newly established office on tribal and Native affairs to communicate with tribes and be a hub for tribal policy. The treasurer of the U.S. directly oversees the U.S. Mint, the Bureau of Engraving and Printing, and is a key liaison with the Federal Reserve. Secretary of Treasury Janet Yellen will announce her appointment and the new tribal office during the visit Tuesday to the Rosebud Reservation. Canada's Assembly of First Nations has suspended its national chief. As Dan Karpinchuk reports, it comes a day after she criticized the organization and also faces an investigation over complaints against her. Roseanne Archibald, the country's first woman to lead the most powerful native organization in Canada, is calling the suspension a coup. Now she has become the first AFN chief to be locked out, even from her own emails, and it all comes less than a year after her historic election. The AFN says the decision is regrettable, but the national chief has committed serious breaches of her obligations to the organization through her unfounded public attacks against the AFN. Paul Prosper is an AFN regional chief from the East Coast. She breached her obligations to the company, um, contrary to her oath of office, to our code of conduct and uh, the whistleblower policy. Archibald has faced allegations of bullying and harassment from four of her staff members. After that, the AFN brought in an outside investigator. Archibald is calling it a smear campaign and says she has been trying to clean up the corruption within the organization. And because of that, she says she's been undermined, discredited and attacked. The AFN would not disclose exactly what the complaints against her are. Archibald has been suspended with pay pending the outcome of an investigation. She will not be able to attend the annual General Assembly or the Chief's Assembly and is prohibited from discussing the investigation publicly. For National Native News, I'm Dan Karpinchuk. 
The U.S. Senate Committee on Indian Affairs will hold a hearing Wednesday on Indian boarding schools. The hearing will examine the Interior Department's investigative report on boarding schools and on legislation titled the Truth and Healing Commission on Indian Boarding School Policies Act. Native leaders are scheduled to testify about the report, legislation, and what action is needed next. Federal officials from the Interior Department are also expected to appear before the committee. Secretary of the Interior Deb Holland has been instrumental in leading efforts to investigate U.S. Indian boarding schools. Advocates have been calling for the Senate committee to hold a hearing on the boarding school legislation and for the House version to be passed. The hearing will be streamed online. A week-long dugout canoe journey hosted by the Ho-Chunk Nation kicked off Monday. Tribal officials and Native youth are making their journey along lakes and rivers in Wisconsin. Tribal leaders say it's an opportunity for young people to take part in the tribe's culture and also provides an educational opportunity for the tribe to share history and culture with the public at stops along the way. Updates of the journey will be posted on the Ho-Chunk Nation Facebook page. I'm Antonia Gonzalez. National Native News is produced by Kiwanak Broadcast Corporation with funding by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. The Indian Loan Guarantee and Insurance Program has worked with lenders for almost 50 years, supporting them as they support you. Need startup funds or a refinance? Information at bia.gov slash dci, which supports this show. Support by the American Indian Higher Education Consortium, working to ensure tribal colleges and universities are included in our higher education system. Information on 37 tribal colleges and universities at AIHEC.org. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network. This is Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce. The Winnebago Tribal Council in Nebraska recently ran into significant public opposition when they decided against recognizing same-sex marriage. Tyler Lemire, a two-spirit person from the community, turned to social media to voice his concern. Nearly a million people viewed his post. Here's what he said. There were even multiple homophobic comments made during the council meeting. Now for clarifying the comments that I'm about to repeat, Shange in Ho-Chunk is a very sacred word that is an umbrella term for queer people. But in the past couple centuries, due to assimilation and colonization, it has become the equivalent of the F-slur. And everyone in our community kind of knows that. The council members that helped to vote to ban gay marriage said that we need to move those Shange's outside of our tribe because they do not belong and they do not have any purpose here. Or how the menfolk can imagine two women together, but they just can't think of two men being together. There were so many comments of those people, people like that, and those Shangays. Our tribal council is abusing tribal sovereignty rights. And as a two-spirit youth, I feel afraid. Because this conversation is spawning a lot of homophobia and transphobia in my tribe. That public post drove an outcry against the tribal council's vote. They reconsidered and reversed course the next meeting.
2015 U.S. Supreme Court decision set a precedent that legalizes same-sex marriage across the country. It was a major milestone for LGBTQ rights. But there are still some tribes, like the Navajo and Muscogee Nations, that are holdouts against marriage equality. June is Pride Month, and we're taking this hour to talk about marriage equality. You can join us by calling 1-800-996-2848. Phone lines are now open. Our first guest is speaking with us from Winnebago, Nebraska. Curtis Alexander Jr. is the President and Public Relations Chair for Winnebago Two Spirits. He's Omaha. Curtis, thanks for coming on the show. Happy Pride Month. Yes, thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. We're happy to have you, Curtis. And we just shared a little bit about what happened with the Winnebago Tribe earlier this year. Can you give us some more details about the Tribal Council vote? Well, the initial vote took place in March, on March 24th, and at that time, that's where a lot of the negative statements about Winnebago Two-Spirit and um, the, the declining vote for um, same-sex marriage, and they actually had a, uh, a proving vote for same-sex divorce in that same conversation. Um, but that happened on March 24th, and it took a while for our um, tribal leaders to um, come to a different consensus because over the course of the next couple of weeks, they, there was um, posts like Tyler's on social media. We had individuals from the community actually come out and, you know, really vocal uh, vocalize their opinions, and they the want for same-sex marriage here in Winnebago. Um, our organization, the Winnebago Two-Spirit, had our lawyer who um, released a statement for us and our community to make everyone aware of uh, the, the things that were said about our community members, our history here as um, part of the Winnebago Two-Spirit and um, Winnebago Two Spirits overall in, in Winnebago's history, um, and that statement was viewed by thousands of people, not just um, Winnebago, you know, tribal members. It was all over Native Country, and these things, I think, um, they they really brought out other people who support us um, and others who just believe in equality. Um, and the Tribal Council then also had another vote in, um, I believe it was April 11th, um, that overturned that original vote, and they approved our same-sex marriage for our um, two-spirit relatives to be able to get married here in Winnebago, Nebraska. Well, congratulations on that win there in April. And I understand there was a listening session after that second vote. What happened there? Oh, yes. The listening session, actually, it started off with a um, prayer and march demonstration that um, Tyler and a few other tribal members came together and um, did um, and in that listening session, we talked about ways to educate uh, individuals on what is Two-Spirit, what is Winnebago Two-Spirit, um, 
the term Shonge, the term um, Tewa Chowinga, you know, these are old uh, Ho-Chunk uh, words, um, and the way that they're being used is not the proper way to do that. And, but in the in the listening session, we talked about educating our people um, and allowing for that equality to fill over, not just for, you know, gay marriage, but also, like, accepting people in the workplace, um, accepting individuals, you know, in your family, things like that. It was a pretty um, in-depth conversation with a lot of our uh, Two-Spirit um, leaders here in Winnebago. And it was a very good conversation, I think. Now, I do want to provide a disclaimer. We reached out to Winnebago tribal leaders to join the show today, but we did not hear back by the time we went to air. But there was one tribal council member, and he's been quoted as saying that this was a time for elders and tribal leaders to learn. What's your thought on that, Curtis? I think it's... Uh, <laughs> A huge opportunity for everyone to learn right now. Um, I took it as a learning experience. I learned a lot from what these individuals had to say, um, and I think it. We do need to offer some education and knowledge um, to this older generation or these decision makers about who their constituents are, who their relatives are, really in the community, um, and. It's just, I feel it's an opportunity for us to show, you know, the different, the vast differences in the Two-Spirit community here in Winnebago, because we have people of all different orientations, all different gender identities, and we fall under this Two-Spirit term, and we are more than trash collectors. We do belong in the Ho-Chunk Winnebago community circle. Um, we do have cultural value. We do have um, ceremonial and um, medicinal value here in this nation. Now, Curtis, it sounds like social media was a really big factor here. Tell us more about this movement on social media there amongst the Winnebago Two-Spirit community and, and other Two-Spirit communities in, throughout Native America. Yes, um, I do want to say, like, thanks to Tyler Free Lemire's post. Um, it really caught on. Uh, a lot of people, a million people, I'm still shocked at that number, that Tyler, you know, this, this individual that I've known for a, a, a long time has taken on this role and was able to relay this message to the rest of the world about, you know, her people and, and the trouble that she's gone through. And, and it's been received so well. And it also, you know, brought that spotlight. You know, she's been able to share that spotlight with our organization. Um, and our social media campaigns, you know, we do a lot of uh, outreach through Facebook and, you know, all the other platforms. And we just need, you know, reception back, but the the social media during that time was just off the charts. There were people from all over the world reaching out to us 
for, because they, you know, had seen the video or they wanted to know more about the organization or they, you know, wanted to be a part of it in some way. And <clears throat> now, thank God, we still have that engine going. <clears throat> and I felt that that uh, focus the view of our Winnebago Two-Spirit and then people from who are off the reservation, Winnebago tribal members who are off the reservation could also um, come back and have their opinions heard and uh, seen. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like they could um, give us feedback or give the tribal council feedback, respond to these negative comments. And it, it's been a huge tool in this, um, getting our uh, same-sex marriage um, approved. Or well, it sounds like what you're it, describing is a... Uh -huh. yeah. and, and Curtis, what it sounds like you're describing is, is a forum for people to interact, for sh to share, to discuss these issues. Uh, so that's, it's, it's really wonderful to, to hear that that has been such a good, effective channel of communication there amongst the community. And uh, I also want to learn a little bit more about what you folks have planned this month for Pride Month. But we are going to have to take a break here in just a short minute. Any listeners with any questions, any comments, 1-800-996-2848. That is our number here at Native America Calling. We're speaking with Curtis Alexander, Jr., and he's describing some recent efforts by the Two-Spirit community and others in Winnebago, Nebraska. And we've got a lot more to talk about. We'll be back right after this break. Puerto Rico's natural beauty and favorable tax laws are bringing an influx of outside land buyers. They're putting the squeeze on the island's inhabitants, many of whom are struggling with the rising cost of living. We'll talk about how Puerto Rico's indigenous people are fighting to keep the island livable. That's on the next Native America Calling. Program support by Amerind. For 35 years, Indian Country has put its trust in Amerind, providing insurance coverage, strengthening Native American communities, protecting tribal sovereignty, and keeping dollars in Indian Country are Amerind's priorities. More information on property, liability, workers' compensation, and commercial auto needs at Amerind.com. That's A M E R I N D.com. You're listening to Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce. Today we're talking about marriage equality in Native America. While most tribes recognize same-sex marriages, there are still more than a dozen who don't. What do you think about that? Does your tribe recognize same-sex marriages? We're at 1-800-996-2848. 1-800-996-2848. Curtis, Pride Month. What does Winnebago Two-Spirits have planned? We had our um, large uh, pride event 
um, at the beginning of June, we did it June 3rd, because here in um, Siouxland or Sioux City area, um, all our LGBTQIA plus organizations um, decided we were going to have all of ours on the same weekend. So, uh, and our organization kind of started everything off. We had ours on June 3rd, um, and it was the Super Pride Carnival, which we had or, uh, programs and entities that um, work with LGBTQ or uh, two-spirit individuals come out and have a carnival-style booth. Um, we had bounce houses, archery. Um, it was a full day packed with all kinds of fun stuff. Um, and the tribal council actually, um, uh, as a way to kind of make amends with the community, with our two-spirit relatives, they um, paid for the meal. Well, that's wonderful. Really, really happy to hear that. And, and speaking of tribal leadership, the Winnebago tribal chairwoman, Victoria Kitchen, responded to this issue on a local radio show, Winnebago Talks. Let's listen to some of what she said. In my capacity, I want to apologize to our um, whole tribal membership and especially our two-spirit relatives for any way that I may have um, facilitated that meeting that drew out um, something that didn't um, serve the people in a good way. Mm -hmm. So over the weekend, um, I learned that there was a TikTok out there, and I want to give a shout-out to Tyler Lemire for her leadership and for her her thoughts and her good words that, that she took to the platform that she knew how to reach her peers, and that was TikTok. Mm-hmm. And I shared that with the council, and um, we talked about having a, a discussion and and that this was going to be coming back to the table at the mid-month meeting. Well, um, Councilman Smith luckily said, um, well, you know what, I, I really don't like the way this is dividing our people, and we have much other things that we could be putting our energy into that, that would help move our tribe forward. Mm-hmm. And how can we um, revisit this and take care of this so that we don't step into any space where we would not be treating our tribal members equally and honoring them in in the person that they are. So he brought the resolution back to the table and he introduced some new language that would acknowledge marriage as well as the divorce and comments were made, um, apologies were expressed, right? and there was a real um, humbleness of the leadership to um, apologize to the relatives that they had offended. Mm-hmm. And I guess there's no other way to say it than to own it. You know, we offended people. And um, as the chair of the tribe, you know, I don't get to skirt away from that. If there's something about the council, it's all of us. So um, I need to hold my team accountable. And so we did that that day by revisiting that discussion. That was Chairwoman Victoria Kitchen responding to the issue on the radio show Winnebago Talks. Well, Curtis, how do those comments make you feel? Apology accepted? I think apology is being worked on, um, and I think there's a lot more that we can do together in our community to make a better tomorrow for the two-spirit individuals. Um, but I, we do appreciate all of that effort that they're putting out to rectify and um, make amends. Um it is very important that they understand that um, their words and comments were very um, hurtful and divisive. Um, 
and that you know these these are the people who put you into place to make decisions um and that I hope we can work together um so far we've had a lot of um uh or we've had individuals um from the tribal council you know speak at our events um they do contact us re- on a regular basis um so the the us working together is um coming together um but there is a lot more that we can do a lot more to show that uh, they do have you know a change of opinion um and we appreciate their contribution that they made to the pride um event the super pride event um we appreciate them having a presence there um because we need allies and we need people who can stand up and say you know this is right this is what our community needs we need to have a safe space for our younger relatives we need to have an event like this to show that our community is um coming together and we welcome everyone mm. well speaking with us now from window rock arizona is alray nelson he's the lead organizer for the dene equality and executive director for navajo nation pride he's dene alray happy pride month to you as well Happy Pride. It's great to be here. Alray, listening to Curtis talk about LGBTQ plus issues among the Winnebago and Nebraska, does the narrative align to what's happening on the Navajo Nation? Yes, we've been we've been working since 2005 to repeal the Diné Marriage Act discriminatory law that was in place by several tribal council members. Uh, it was over um the president at the time um, president former president of uh dr joe shirley jr was the one that vetoed it he was the only tribal leader in 2005 that actually stood up for our lgbtq relatives and then the navonation council and overrode that veto and so it became law and it continues to be in the books today and um basically it puts marriage equality marriage team members in our tribe of the same sex on the same level as polygamy and incest. Um, and in addition to that law being there, uh, our group um, was founded for that one reason that we're going to hold tribal leaders accountable for the homophobia and the transphobia that is shared in council meetings and committee meetings. And uh, now uh, they're conscious of the political power of our LGBTQ and two-spirit relatives and um, they know that um, they have to be really careful. Um, and uh, Navajo Nation being the largest in population and in landmass uh, in the country, in Indian country, um, it says a lot when um, our tribal leaders are looking at repealing that law today now. And there was legislation that was introduced by Honorable Council Delegate and Councilman uh, Eugene So from Arizona. Uh, the legislation went through two committees, and they, it did not pass those committees uh, by, you know, one vote or two votes or so. And the members in the council meeting basically said that our relatives um, live disgusting lives. There's a lot of rhetoric, um, a lot of Christian rhetoric they were utilizing against us. And uh, we said we're going to out-organize <laughs> and, and, and uh, bring a voice to our relatives, especially those that our marriages um, and to protect those relationships uh, from discrimination. 
And so we launched a petition. Um, several uh, Navajo churches, uh, pastors, uh, reverends, what have you, they all um, band together and they wrote uh, a letter. It was there in the paper. Uh, it just didn't come off right because they're actually utilizing Christianity to say that marriage is between a man and a woman and we live um, lifestyles that we have chosen. And um, it's very diverse. The Maya Navajo being so big compared to, um, you know, Honchunk and Winnebago, it's, it, it, it's really hard to compare to things because if we always, we, we continue to have council delegates that are openly homophobic and transphobic, and we can um, call them out. And, um, but you know what? End of the day, we, we continue to hold our leaders accountable for the words they share. And we have yet to get any type of apology from our tribal leadership um, to have shared some really negative words about who we are and, and our tribal citizens. So what we're doing now as, as two separate organizations is that we actually, for the first time, uh, announce endorsements of candidates that believe in our mission and our vision for dinner uh, equality and dinner pride. Uh, and, and so our plans to vote these homophobic and transphobic Navajo leaders out of office. And this is an election year. And we're also gonna do the same thing where the community will band behind our candidate that runs for Navajo Nation president. And I'm proud to say that we have several uh, members of our LGBTQ community that are running for tribal council and running for Navajo Nation president today. And we're really happy mm -hmm. that um, you know we're here to support that. Well, all right. It sounds like you folks are, are, are really well organized. And you mentioned earlier this legislation that, that, that was voted down, but narrowly, and then this petition and then supporting these candidates. So how confident are you going forward here over the next year or so that the Navajo Nation will recognize same-sex marriages? We are with complete confidence that we are going to meet our goal and our objective, that is to repeal that law. Uh, in addition to the Diné Marriage Act, within that same uh, tribal code, it also that it's really archaic if you read through it, and it actually says that Navajo women have no right uh, in regards to um, any decisions over not only their body but also financial decisions, decisions to take out loans. It's very archaic, and unless they have the full consent of their husband, uh, and <clears throat> so this the legislation that. Uh, introduced by Delegate Eugene So, uh, re-clarifies that, updates the tribal code, and now we're making it more than just, you know, about marriage equality. Um, it's about equality for our women who are the head of our homes, Navajo people, are, are matriarchal society. So we always held great honor of our women um, being leaders, and especially our trans women being leaders. Uh, and, and so I think I want to go back to the other point of where this is all coming from. Since time of memorial, and I would say this rings true for a lot of our indigenous um, nations across Indian country. Uh, you know, since time of memorial for many of us and for Navajo, um, we um, have always revered and honored uh, the sacredness of our gay, lesbian, bisexual, trans, and two-spirit relatives. And for Navajo, we had we played a key role in our creation story where we kept both the men and the women together during a uh, great strife. And in addition to us, you know, making sure that the division did not happen, uh, we also are, were the ones that stepped in as warriors or were the ones that adopted orphan kids or the ones that took care of elders. 
even as of today, and I continue to remind our young people here on Navajo Nation that lesson that, that we're reclaiming our language, we're reclaiming our history that has been erased and forgotten because of Christianity, because of boarding schools, um, and mm-hmm. to share the knowledge again that um, you know it, it's okay to be who you are, and Navajo law should reflect that. Well, all right. Sovereignty is listed as one of the four visionary pillars that guide Diné equality. Can you expand on that? What type of sovereignty are you referring to? Tribal sovereignty, individual sovereignty, or something else? It's a combination of all. And uh, it's one of our key pillars because sovereignty is a key thing for tribes to uh, to protect and to take care of. Um, it's a very fragile word. Um, I've always said that, especially during the last administration under uh, our very racist and bigoted president, Donald Trump, uh, you know, he reversed a lot of laws that would protect our trans community from violence. He um, also would not acknowledge Pride Month. He's the first U.S. president since Bill Clinton to do that. Uh, he mm-hmm. also was the president that um, pushed legislation with on, on the statewide level to where they were looking at taking away marriage equality rights and um, you know, not providing access and approving conversion therapy methods. Uh, and so that's a key thing. And I've said the same thing to tribal leaders all across the country, that it's now time for tribes to use their sovereignty to protect us citizens, to protect us from hate, uh-huh. discrimination, and bigotry, and to protect well, us from I, someone like Donald Trump. And I, I want to ask you more about that, because obviously as, as a sovereign nation, the Navajo Nation is not required by law to abide by the 2015 Supreme Court decision that guarantees same-sex couples, the freedom to marry in all 50 states. And as Native people, I I think tribal sovereignty is something that we are all taught to defend at virtually any cost, right? But when you see your tribe using its sovereignty to discriminate against its citizens in a manner that is so opposed to social justice movements and trends we're seeing throughout the rest of the country, how does that make you feel, all right? There's definitely a sense of frustration. Uh, Truly, and I, I feel like um, a, there's a generation of of um, people that continue to deal with the historical trauma of boarding school lessons and whatever um, evil happened at these schools, and that dogma, that Christian dogma, um, continues to um, you know mix in with novel traditional beliefs, and that's mm-hmm. something we're trying to note and. For me, I feel that um, it can also be very hypocritical, but we're, like I, I shared with you, like we're well organized on Navajo. Uh, tribal leaders know that they cannot now openly say things on the council floor that uh, are filled with hate and bigotry towards our LGBTQ relatives. Um, and they know that we can out-organize them and get people to vote against them and put this on social media. We've done it before. We've ended campaigns for candidates running for Navajo Nation presidents because they said something that was homophobic or hateful. Uh, and so I think that there's a key component here, and our organization is going to continue to, um, you know, uplift the champions uh, that are our straight allies, our Navajo that have always been here for us, and okay. uh, we're going to be there to support them. Do you think that the Navajo Nation and other tribal nations that continue to ban same-sex marriage do you think they're misusing their sovereignty? Of course. And, and, and those tribal leaders and those governments are on the wrong side of history. Uh, uh-huh. And so I'm sorry. So 
when a tribe misuses its sovereignty in this way, whose job is it to step in and, and hold them accountable, do you think? It's the people. And I've always said time and time again, yes, in 2015, uh, you had this historic Supreme Court ruling from the United States that provided marriage equality to all uh, 50 states in its territory. Uh, that was a, a huge push on a national level, but that's not what we're, we were celebrating here on Navajo because we still have this law in place and already knew the government was not going to do anything about it until we as citizens changed that law that was enacted by our Navajo leadership, and that's what we're trying to do right now. Okay. Well, I just want to make a note that today is National Indigenous Peoples Day in Canada. And we've got a lot more to talk about with these issues today, and we've got a lot more conversations with our two guests on the show. And any listeners with a question, with a comment, 1-800-996-2848. What are you waiting for? Give us a call. We want to hear from our listeners today. We want to hear your thoughts, your comments on these issues. So give us a call. I'm your host, Sean Spruce. We'll be right back after this short break. My name is Asad. When I was 19, my mom was diagnosed with colorectal cancer because she smoked. My tip is find things to be thankful for. I'm thankful she quit smoking. I'm thankful for the nurses who taught me how to check her IV and to manage her medication. And I'm thankful for every day we have together because nothing is guaranteed, especially for us. The people you love are worth quitting for. You can quit. For free help, call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. A message from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. You're tuned in to Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce. There's still time to get in on our conversation about marriage equality in Native America. If the issue came up, where do your tribal leaders stand on recognizing same-sex marriage? 1-800-996-2848, the number to call. That's also 1-800-99-NATIVE. All right, I want to ask you another question. It seems that marriage equality and these other pressing LGBTQ plus issues are very much divided along generational lines. And as the demographic makeup of tribal communities and the rest of the country continues to trend younger, are you hopeful that many of these issues will simply just go away? You know, I believe these issues are gonna continue to be with us for the next generation or two. Um, The reason why I share with that is because if you speak to an elder here on Navajo, they're much more supportive of, of the language and the culture. Um, and and continue to share those stories with the younger ones that are coming up. And um, you look at my sisters and my family and the younger ones that are, you know, um, between their 30s and younger now today, um, they're much more accepting um, of, of LGBTQ issues on our tribe. But there's that one generation, which would be like my parents and, um, and older up to the, before they become elders in their 50s, that generation today are the ones that, um, are legislating um, things that happen in our private lives. And I feel like it's going to take um, this next generation of young people, that'll be my little cousins, brothers and sisters that are going to do that, are openly supportive of, um, you know, Pride Month and our relatives. Curtis, I want to give you a chance to respond as well. What are your thoughts um, with marriage equality and these other issues? <clears throat> Excuse me. And 
just the changing demographics in the United States and in tribal communities. So yes, our our demographics definitely um, are changing, um, and I I feel um, that my role in all of this, you know, is um, I don't I, I don't want to talk about myself. So the demographics of our community and our individuals are changing, and are they are voicing this need for a change. Um, in our elected officials, in our policies, in our laws, and to reflect who they are. And I think it's very important that we we hear them out because, yes, we're all two-spirit, but what applies to me is not what is, you know, going to apply to an individual who is trans and vice versa. So we need to find something that's fair and equal to all of us. Um, like, uh, I think in our Native communities, there's a lot of that Christianity that flows over, and our generations before were, you know, so affected by it, shamed by it, that they don't want to allow for anything different than what they're, you know, Mm -hmm. told to do in their private life and in their everyday life. But that's not the case, you know, today. And um, our people here need that change. They need it big time. And the younger ones, like was just said, the younger ones are the ones who are coming up, and I know those are the ones that are going to change our community. And okay. that's what we are working for. And Curtis, earlier you pointed to education as key to better understanding. And what does that education look like? And, and, and what I'm going for here is uh, somebody who is completely opposed to marriage equality, a person who voices the same vitriol that was heard in that Winnebago Tribal Council meeting earlier this year. How do you get your message across to that person? Yeah, honestly, we're still trying to figure that out for real. Like, how do we get across to those individuals? Because they are so, uh, soli uh, they believe in an antiquated ideology that, you know, doesn't work for us. Um, but I, I, we don't know. We, we work every day to communicate out, you know, um, to teach people about these different roles in our societies in our community, in our circle, um, and the importance of um, learning, relearning those roles, allowing individuals to take on those responsibilities. Um, and we do monthly visibility activities for our community that are safe spaces for anyone who, you know, needs to um, utilize that. You know, you can come and Spend time with our organization. You can do an activity with our organization. And we aim at families and the youth in our activities so that they learn from a young age to respect other people. And the maybe the only thing that we can do with educating, you know, those that don't want, don't believe that we have a purpose um, 
is to allow them to, you know, expire out, and we'll have another generation of individuals who are more equality thinking. Okay. I mean, <laughs> expire. I would hope. Hackers. I would hope not. Okay. But I mean well, that that's the reality. Well, it just amazes me how perspectives have changed just in my own lifetime, Curtis. And I, I'm in my mid fifties, and. I can remember just 20 years ago, the kind of jokes people would tell and what was appropriate conversation. And earlier, somebody mentioned the F slur and people would just throw that around in casual conversation like it was no big deal. And just within the last 15, 20 years, it's just it's just changed so much. And I, and I want to share uh, last night I was going through my notes before this show and, and I have an eight year old daughter and sometimes she comes up and talks to me while I'm working and she was asking me what I was working on for this show. And I said, well, it's going to be an interesting show tomorrow. And uh, there are some tribes in which um, it, it's not allowed for a man to marry another man or a woman to marry another woman. And she just looked at me with this kind of blank stare and was like, well, why? Why isn't it okay? And to her, there was there was no concept. There was that was just like it was just so obvious to her at her age already because I think of the generation that she's growing up in and what she sees in society. Um, so that shift is it, it really does astound me, and it, it, it I just think it's it's amazing. And again, just in my own lifetime, how much we're seeing things change. But I want to ask Alray, Alray, there are some observers who say that just like Roe versus Wade. There are anti-LGBTQ forces actively working to overturn the 2015 Supreme Court ruling on same-sex marriage. How big of a threat is that to you, and, and how are you folks addressing that? Yeah, it continues to be a threat, and we have to keep our guard up and our shields up for sure and, and, and be those warriors that we've been uh, since Pamela Memorial, and we're seeing it in state legislatures where you have, um, and mind you, I'm going to name it out, it's the Republican Party, it's the Christian right that are organized on a very local level, rather at the school board level, city council level, mayor level, all the way up to state um, legislatures that are um, pushing this new movement of um, banning different things. Like just in Texas, um, besides addressing, uh, you know, the recent um, school shooting there, with those with those poor little kids in Texas and Uvalde, um, the legislature immediately that same week banned um, drag shows and, uh, and banned it from actually being acknowledged at schools and having drag queens come into libraries to read to kids. Um, that's one thing that you're seeing, but there's more than that. You're also seeing state legislatures uh, pushing for bills um, recognizing the effectiveness of conversion therapy. Um, you're seeing a lot of anti-trans bills that are going through on a local level as well. And people are really concerned about, um, you know, what, what, what may happen with um, that 2015 Supreme Court ruling. Because all it needs to take is a state take it as far as the Supreme Court. And we already know, uh, you know, the, the Supreme Court today does um, lean on the right side of things politically now. And, and the last thing I want to add to this point, too, as well, Sean, is that, um, you know, the, there's talk around the, you know, the, the Roe versus Wade. And um, there are several things around what that could look like. Because, mind you, when the Supreme Court decisions are made and when you had the 2015 marriage decision made, 
they all are utilizing different pieces of these of these actions throughout history to reaffirm that right to marry the person that you love and it could just take one action from a state legislature that could be sued and it goes to the supreme court where they can um give it back to the state to what they're talking about now for abortion rights and that's what's scary it's a threat to our women and um, if you give that back to the state then we'll go back to archaic times when you probably just need to go to california and and new york uh, or other cities to to feel included um, and have representatives that, that are going to advocate for you on that level but that's not what's happening and i always go back to the point of our tribes and how they need to utilize sovereignty to protect us Listeners, still time to get a comment in, 1-800-996-2848. Curtis, I want to bring you back in because um, Alray mentioning a a ban in in some areas on drag queen um, events and things like that. What's your thought on that? I think that, well, I've been a drag performer for 11 years. and for me it's a huge outlet for like we were talking about my creativeness to come out but it's also allowed me to have a platform to speak from and allowed me to extend that platform to my tribe um i think banning um performers is a terrible thing for one um drag queens were a huge part of the Stonewall riots and to eliminate those that profession that career from uh, the gay community um you know is just another way of discriminating against us overall because you know we see drag performers as you know um these people who are, you know, out of this world entertainers, you know, they 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 can march, you know, in riots. They can fight back just as strong as anybody else. But they are also, you know, the fun makers, the entertainers, our dancers, our comedians. Um, so they encompass a lot of the gay community. They represent a lot of the gay community, and. <sighs> It's purposeful discrimination, a domino effect. The first ones that you're able to most visibly see are the drag queens, and those are the ones that they are deciding to go after right now. Um, I, I do think it's gonna that is going to take off in other places as well, in other states, other conservative um, states. Um, but my career, I've been fortunate to, um, you know, be the that sounding board and be a provocateur um uh and be an entertainer for people for my people and i i don't take it you know um as a light role it's a very very heavy role it's a very very crown a heavy crown that i carry and i i enjoy it and i have a lot of people who look to me as a leader in my community as a drag queen to um you know, be out there that forefront. And I will gladly do it anywhere. 
I will go down to Texas and I will put on my drug and I will you know go to their um, Senate or their c- Congress or whoever uh, and protest because that's the role that drag queens have to play in our community. So um, yeah, I, I I feel heated right now about this. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Well, let me let me lighten the air a little bit, Curtis. What does it take to be a great drag queen? Um, to be a great drag queen, I think you. Well, I mean, I don't know if anybody else watches RuPaul's Drag Race, but it it does take all those things. But it also takes a really good backbone and a really good pair of heels. Like, you need to be able to (laughs) stand up to people, and you need to be able to, you know, perform as much as possible. I really think um, to be a good drag queen, it's a a lot more than people say. I mean, I put people in drag all the time, and they say, wow, this is really, really hard. You know, like, what they see on television, you know, is like the easiest process, but, you know, it's really difficult, you know, performing through makeup, lashes, a wig uh, taped on top of something else, um, mm. being in heels, having, you know, body augmenting um, objects on your body and still looking like you're you're feeling comfortable and at ease and being able to perform. Um, I think you need to be a, just a strong-willed individual. Um, yes, that's my answer. Well, Curtis, we're going to have to wrap up in about another minute, but where can our listeners go to learn more about Winnebago Two Spirits? Well, I welcome everybody to look at our Facebook page. It's the Winnebago Two Spirit. Um, and you can also check us out on Instagram. I believe we have a Snapchat and a TikTok by the same name. Okay. Um, and we're always looking for donations and contributions for our events. Um and I'm pretty sure you can find the links for those on our page. All right. Alroy, we've got another 30 seconds or so. Uh, where can we learn more about Diné Equality? Yeah, well, this is Diné Pride Week. Happy Pride. Uh, you can uh, definitely go to NavoNationPride.com or EqualityNavajo.org. Well, I'd like to thank our guests today, Alroy Nelson and Curtis Alexander, Jr., for an interesting and insightful conversation on marriage equality in Native America. Happy Pride Month. Join us tomorrow as we focus on how gentrification is affecting indigenous people in Puerto Rico. I'm Sean Spruce. Thanks for listening. Support by the Facundo Valdez School of Social Work at Highlands University, now offering the opportunity to earn a culturally relevant, clinical Master of Social Work degree without leaving your own community. This online MSW degree focuses on a small, supportive model with a clinical concentration. Students in rural areas, tribal communities, and or who live far from campus are given preference. Application can be made in three easy steps. More info and application at online.nmhu.edu. First baby, don't know where to start, CMS program coverage, prenatal service. Enroll today. Contact your local Indian health care provider for more information. Visit healthcare.gov or call 1-800-318-2596. A message from Center for Medicare and Medicaid Service.
Native America Calling is produced in the Annenberg National Native Voice Studios in Albuquerque, New Mexico by Kwanic Broadcast Corporation, a native nonprofit media organization. Funding is provided by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting with support from the Public Radio Satellite Service. Music is by Brent Michael Davis. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network.